friends, you're listening to the Shattered Ceilings Podcast with your hosts Stephanie and Adriana. We're here to discuss the importance of mental health from the perspective of two first-generation immigrants. Join in weekly as we dive into important topics such as relationships, parenting, and cultural barriers. Here, we get real and candid as we explore what disrupting the status quo looks like for each of us. Hey guys, welcome to Shattered Ceilings Podcast. We are your host, Adriana. And Stephanie. And thank you for being with us today on another episode. We want to say a big thank you for all the feedback we got. Your support means so much. And mm-hmm. we're just thankful that you guys are listening to us Thanks, and guys. tuning in. Um, little quick reminder, we have an anonymous suggestion box on our link tree on our Instagram. If you guys want to remain anonymous and kind of share any suggestions or comments, you're more than welcome to anonymously. So with that being said, we are in a classroom today, not your typical classroom. We are going to learn about something that we haven't learned in school. Many of us are aware of what IQ is. It's a test designed to measure intellectual intelligence. Higher IQs indicate better intellectual abilities. People with higher IQs are more likely to do well academically. But with new research, it has shown that there is a better predictor of success, and that is emotional intelligence. Do you want to talk more about that? Yes, I do. I'm really excited about today's topic. It's Mm -hmm. something that I'm fairly new with. I think Adriana as well. It's very, very important. That's why I'm excited that we're talking talking about it so i'm sure that we've all heard the same narrative growing up in school like basically yelled at us that how well you do in school is how well you're gonna do in life Mm -hmm. not only at school but also at home i think Mm -hmm. academics like we talked about in the last episode were very important to a lot of our parents Mm -hmm. but i don't think that that's simply the case anymore like adriana said new research that was just recently introduced actually in the 1990s shows that emotional intelligence is actually responsible for 80% of the success in our life, which yeah, 80% is like a huge number, but it makes sense because our emotional intelligence is a predictor of how well we can manage ourselves in society, as well as how well we can manage the relationships in our life. As I said, emotional intelligence or EQ is the ability to understand and manage your emotions and the emotions of those around you. Mm -hmm. So people with a high degree of emotional intelligence, they know what they're feeling, what their emotions mean, how they can regulate their emotions, and how the emotions affect people around them. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really important topic because it shows our ability to be able to process and work through our emotions instead of choosing to impulsively act on them, which in the society that we're in, like... I think that it's really common for people to act impulsively or to react impulsively. Mm -hmm. I think that if all of us had more self-control, we would like have a better society. Yeah. So it's important to learn and know how to create time between that initial feeling of the emotion, whether it's anger, sadness, whatever it is, between that emotion and between your response to that emotion. Because doing Mm -hmm. that helps you to be able to sit with the emotion and not only that, but also be present in the difficult times of your relationships in healthy ways without running at the first sign of conflict. Which this was something that I had to learn a lot in the last seven years of my marriage because in the beginning, I think that I didn't really understand it. Whenever... 
we would have a conflict or a disagreement, I would like retreat into myself and I wouldn't communicate. Mm -hmm. I think that I would repress my emotions and that didn't help anything in the long run. Like it just leads to more conflict. So just being able to sit, you know, with that emotion and then come together for resolution, I think is like really healthy for a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's a new concept developed in the 90s by American psychologist Daniel Goleman, which I think the fact that it was developed like so late in the 90s is attributing a lot to why we as like millennials or Gen Z as a generation are not familiar with the concept of Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence. And not only that, but now as adults, maybe we don't really understand it or like understand the importance of it. I think we also like didn't grow up with that being role modeled. Yeah, so it's very hard to replicate it like if you didn't see it. Yeah, so with that being said, what does a person with a high EQ look like? So a person with high emotional intelligence is like that person that can walk into like a tense environment and bring calm or peace Mm -hmm. to any situation. It's like a person that makes other people feel at ease in conversation. People with high EQ are seen as like charismatic or approachable, not easily offended. But I also think it's important to talk about the other side of the coin, what high emotional intelligence does not look like. Mm -hmm. So some signs of low emotional intelligence, you lack empathy, you think others are oversensitive, you don't understand your own emotions, and in turn, you can't manage your own emotions, like you react impulsively, like we said, Mm -hmm. you have difficulty with relationships, you believe that being liked by others is unimportant, which is not true. Because obviously, we live in a world where a lot of us have different characters or like temperaments. So you're going to clash with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's important to know how to manage your emotions and how to be able to like manage the relationships around you, which is like what that statistic proved is going to lead to 80% of your success in life. Do you have any example like in your own life? Yes, Low <laughs> I <EQ>. do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Totally. So um, I was talking to my sister yesterday and um, I have four sisters and I go to them a lot for advice. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of running through today's episode with her and she's like, okay, well, do you guys like have a real world example that you want to talk about? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I do, but not. I don't really want to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> but I thought about like for me, okay, my first job, I was like, this is such a perfect example. Mm-hmm. I was 16 and I was like working as a waitress i got the job at a restaurant my sister was friends with the owner and okay 16 we're all you know immature (laughs) mentally emotionally so for anybody who works in like the restaurant industry you know that it's not easy it's hard it's a hard job yeah it is people like sometimes aren't nice when you're 16 you take everything personally yeah it's like all about you (laughs) yeah literally it started off great but just like dealing with mean people clashing with my colleagues or something i think i lasted like five days and then i just quit like i didn't even give my two weeks that's so unprofessional like now thinking about it i know but no one i'm sure taught you how to yeah i had a conflict resolve right yeah. i was just like okay this is not working anymore i'm just gonna quit You're over it. yeah and then i remember my sisters made fun of me because i didn't even last a week <laughs> now thinking about it i see Obviously, with time and maturing is obviously what goes into having a high emotional intelligence Mm because you go through experiences and stuff like that. And I'm realizing now you can't live your life like that. Like if I would have stayed at that level of emotional maturity, I would have been stumped for my life because you can't go through life like that just quitting whenever you don't get along with someone or Mm -hmm. something because 
A, I think you miss out on a lot of opportunities doing that. And B, like you're just robbing yourself yeah. of not only success, but also those times of like conflict are what can strengthen you emotionally. Yeah, I'm gonna learn how to grow up. Yeah. So now I'm like, thank God I'm not. <laughs> I'm past that stage. So from our research, I'm understanding that there are five skills related to emotional intelligence. Do you want to go through them? Yes, we're going to briefly go through them. So the first one is self-awareness. Um, like we touched on earlier, it's the skill of being aware of your own emotions and understanding them as they are occurring. Mm-hmm. I think a concept that we grew up with that's really flawed is labeling emotions as positive or negative. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's healthy. I think that we should look at emotions as appropriate or inappropriate. Mm-hmm. An example that comes to mind is anger. Anger is usually associated with being a negative emotion yeah. but sometimes depending on the circumstance it can be a completely reasonable and appropriate emotion yeah. emotional intelligence is just like allowing us to be able to recognize for example anger and understand why the emotion is occurring which leads into the second skill which is self-regulation so now that you are aware of your emotions you can really hone in on that skill of regulating those emotions so that you can know what's appropriate, what's not appropriate for certain situations. And self-control is a very big part of self-regulation. Mm-hmm. And then leading into the third skill, motivation. People with a high EQ are intrinsically motivated. They have a thirst for personal development. They are highly driven to succeed and accomplish goals. But this is where the difference lies between someone with high EQ and low EQ. People with a high emotional intelligence, they are inspired to accomplish things because it helps them grow as a person Mm -hmm. instead of doing it for outside rewards like money, fame, or accolades or anything like that. And then also fourth would be empathy. Having like a level of empathy towards others and being compassionate is very important in the concept of emotional intelligence. You should have a healthy level of self-interest, but not be self-centered. So for example, when you're in conversations with somebody, you can understand where that person is coming from. Mm -hmm. Even if that exact scenario has not happened to you, you can still draw on your experience to kind of connect with that person. And then you're slow to judge others. And then really lastly, wrapping up these five skills is social skills. So somebody with a high EQ has really good social skills and they are good at working in teams. They're aware of others and their needs in like a conversation. They're very good at conflict resolution. They are welcoming conversation they use active listening they have good communication skills so these are really the five skills that kind of wrap up emotional intelligence as a concept yeah and after hearing all those skills i'm realizing that we're severely lacking some of them in immigrant communities yeah just like self-awareness self-regulation um i want to talk about that Mm -hmm. like i said earlier we never had like a role model growing up to see like how that's presented in our day-to-day life so i think when you're talking about especially the self-control i thought of my husband james Mm -hmm. i was like he's the definition of self-control um which is obviously awesome i married the guy he's really good at sitting with his emotions actually like talking about it which i think is also huge for a guy yeah i'm coming for guys especially especially. (laughs) yeah so that was obviously really attractive seeing someone doing that and he's really good at responding instead of reacting um i just remember when we had like problems i would just look at him and i'm like are you gonna say anything and (laughs) he's like well let me think about it it made a gun conflict 
so much easier. We like mm-hmm. learned how to fight, not just not to fight. You're going to end up fighting yeah, regardless. Of course. So that's like one person I definitely look up to when it comes to having emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that um, I get to kind of learn from him. I don't want to piggyback on what you said. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm like trying to talk about my husband. <laughs> we both like, have no. great husbands. We're no, going to brag for it. a little it's bit. Okay, I so. just think about my husband Phineas because he talks about a lot like how he wasn't in love with school mm-hmm. he's really smart but he wasn't the type of person to like learning and studying yeah. but i think that a lot of like the success he has comes from him being such a people person yeah. seeing how important it is to be able to manage the relationships in your life mm-hmm. i definitely see that in him like that leads to a lot of doors being open and it's not necessarily like we talked about your academic level or whatever so i think that's really important too so other things we're talking about just immigrant communities i feel like at least for me growing up our household was not super emotional as in looking down on emotions every Mm -hmm. time especially as a kid you cry oh yeah when you're getting punished Mm -hmm. and disciplined so we would cry and then my parents would right away say like stop crying and I don't mm-hmm. know if your parents. Oh, 100%. You can't really ask your parents, like, why. Yeah. And I remember, like, going to my room, crying, but not crying, mm-hmm. and just being so confused that, yeah. like, made me just hold my emotions back and mm-hmm. realize, like, oh, if I cry, that shows that I'm weak and I'm not weak. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I remembered, not that I thought I was cool that I had emotions, mm-hmm. but when people cried, I would be like, oh, I'm not crying. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, I'm strong. Like, yeah. just because someone's mean to me, I'm not going to be sad about it. Like, I have tough skin and mm-hmm. whatever people said didn't affect me, mm-hmm. but it did. I just didn't know how to deal with it. Yep. And so then I got older and I started, of course, you can't like always hide your emotions and mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, talking about positive and negative, every time I was sad, I would just block it. And I'm like, no, I'm not Repress, sad. yep. Yeah, and I'm like, yes, I am sad. I need to sit with it. Yeah. And even when I was in therapy, I realized I don't know how to handle emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Because of the environment we grew up in, mm-hmm. it wasn't like good to show any type of emotion. Other mm-hmm. than happiness, they always <laughs> wanted yeah. you to be happy. So I thought that was pretty interesting growing up in that community even in therapy, there were times where I would like, I guess, be on the brink of crying. Mm-hmm. And then I would just like change subject or like, just not yeah. cry. And my mm-hmm. therapist is like, you're in therapy. And I was just like, no, it's okay. Like, I'd rather not. And she's like, well, make sure you're crying, like, at least yeah. in your car or when you're alone. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, like, like, I don't you know. You don't how- see the point of it, but it's so important. It is very beneficial. Yeah. And to this day, I'm still learning. 100%. I'm on the same page as you. Because growing up, same. Like, when I'd get in trouble, stop crying. And, like, when you're younger, you don't realize. But over time, it's, like, literally drilled into your brain. Mm-hmm. So now, as an adult, I'm like, I don't cry. That's so weird. Like, I don't think that's normal to not be able to express your emotion like that. Because it's such a healthy outlet to be able to express your emotion. Even mm-hmm. if you don't have anything to cry about. Like, just sometimes when you cry, I feel like a weight was taken off your shoulders. Yep. And I actually had, like, a, an experience yesterday with my son. That's interesting because it kind of plays into this so he's like learning right now how to lose literally like he's very competitive and he like gets very emotional when he loses so i'm trying to like explain to him hey it's okay you're not gonna win all the time in life it's Mm -hmm. not about winning all the time it's about having fun spending time with that person doing your best Mm -hmm. because he can't go out into the world thinking that he's gonna win all the time that's just not gonna happen so i'm explaining it to him and then i see him getting really upset and holding back tears and i don't know if it's because he's a boy or why but then i just thought about it i'm like okay 
I saw literally myself as a child at four years old. I saw myself in him and I was like, what would I have wanted somebody to tell me? So I'm like, okay, what are you feeling right now? Like, let's talk about it. Yeah. I'm like, are you feeling, yeah. Are you feeling angry, sad, helping him to like label that emotion? He's like, I feel mad. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. why do you feel mad? And just walking him through that, not only walking him through it, but like helping him to like understand what he's feeling why he's feeling it and then giving him like a healthy outlet to express that i'm like okay you can take a deep breath with me you can go upstairs if you want time by yourself i think that helped so much like you said we didn't really see that growing up mm-hmm. and like i think it's hard for us as adults but now i'm realizing like, i think a lot of times our parents did that because that was their only option coming here was to be happy because mm-hmm. if they ever i think were in tune with their emotions they would be probably so like upset or depressed because thinking, okay, I love behind my parents, my siblings. I don't know anybody here. People make fun of me. If they were in tune with their emotions, they maybe would not have survived. Yeah, they're like in survival mode. I'm not like excusing them. I understand. But like now it's, okay, we're the second generation and Mm -hmm. we can't take that forward because it's really toxic. I was also going to say like showing up for the younger generation in a way that our previous generation couldn't for us. And we understand why they couldn't. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that... We kind of talked about in the last episode that they brought us here to America. They sacrificed mm-hmm. their life for us. But now we're here. And I think it's important to teach our generation and also the younger generation that it's okay to feel vulnerable. It's okay to express what you're feeling. You have a safe space where you can express your emotions. And it's okay to not always be grateful and happy. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time I was sad, my parents were like, why are you sad? I came here. Right. <laughs> like, yeah okay, I can be sad and also be grateful at the same time. So Mm -hmm. that was another thing Um, growing up. I realized it's okay to have different emotions at once. Mm -hmm. I could be dealing with anxiety, but I can also be happy at times and sad at times. More about talking about it and kind of figuring out, okay, what is this emotion sitting with it and figuring out either like a solution or like what can you do? So I think that's a big thing that I'm very, I guess, want to prioritize with the younger generations that it's okay to have Mm -hmm. emotions i think the reason why we had like a hard time understanding emotional intelligence was because emotional intelligence is something that's fluid and it's like constantly evolving in our life but it really begins in our childhood so if we grew up in a home where for example emotional regulation didn't take place so like if you had one or both parents that would have angry outbursts Mm -hmm. then you as a kid obviously seeing that you're not understanding what emotional regulation is supposed to look like. So a lot of times it falls on us too as parents. I need to sit with my emotions. I need to know how to regulate them. I don't want this to affect my kid in his adult life. And then also if our parents didn't offer consistent support, if they didn't encourage us, like we said, to express emotions or if they punished us for showing feelings, Mm -hmm. that leads to it. So just understanding that it's okay to be kind of like dealing with this and to just understand that, we have steps that we can take, but we just have to yeah. recognize that. There's a solution. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's a solution. When you brought up, like, again, your childhood, like, I, me and a few sisters are more, like, tough mm-hmm. and, like, tough love and don't cry. And then me I had and a few. all of my sisters are like this. Yeah, well, five out of five. I have a few <laughs> sisters. Um, that's funny that you guys are all the same. I have a few sisters that literally grew up and being like, you guys are so sensitive. You guys are so dramatic. And just because they were... Yeah. More in tune with her emotions, which yeah. is actually healthier. <laughs> and me and my sisters that were more like tough would always be like, you guys are so sensitive. Stop crying. You guys are yeah. so dramatic. But I learned that because when my sisters were crying, I was, my dad would say the same thing, like stop being dramatic mm-hmm. or like stop crying. 
So I realized now growing up and when I have kids, I like need to step back and realize mm-hmm. like, okay, it is up to the parent and what's like around us mm-hmm. or even our community right. to be aware and not put that on the next generation because yeah. it'll never end. So we definitely need to unlearn a lot of things oh, for that sure, we're yeah. taught. And honestly, I'm excited that we get to be more aware and that we're all on the same page and mm-hmm. we can only get better. So with that being said, what can we do to increase EQ? So I'm going to give you guys an acronym to kind of remember, and it's RULE, R-U-L-E. So the first thing you want to do is recognize your emotions. Mm -hmm. And like you said, sit with your emotions. So this is something that I've started practicing like recently. When I feel something and it triggers something, I let myself feel that. Like I'm like, okay, right now I'm angry. And then Mm -hmm. really going to the next one, understanding what causes that emotion. So then I try to go back in time and be like, okay, why did this event trigger this response from Mm -hmm. me? What has this triggered maybe from my childhood or from my past? And then third, labeling them. So label what you're feeling. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling disappointed, whatever it may be. And then lastly, expressing that to somebody and verbalizing it for me helps a lot. So I do that a lot with Finney, with my husband. Like at the end of the day, I'll be like, hey, I felt angry today because of this. It reminded me of this. Mm -hmm. So just verbalizing that and putting that out, I think helps to get it out of your mind because keeping it in your mind is not going to help you. You're just going to ruminate over it. And talking about it with somebody else also gives you like a different insight and perspective. And Mm -hmm. most importantly, it starts that process of self-awareness yeah okay, i feel like this then that can lead to like i said regulating your emotions i love that so i have a few things that i want to kind of jump on that i feel like expressing them is huge being aware of how you feel it actually makes you start being aware of how other people feel i got i guess better and more in tune with my emotions i would hang out with people or be at work and see how someone was acting and then i would kind of think about it too like oh they're upset why would they be upset does something happen and then i'm more compassionate towards them Mm -hmm. and i can talk to them rather than back then if someone was upset i would just like okay they're pissed off and kind Mm -hmm. of go on with my day so i Mm -hmm. feel like that definitely helped me be more aware and be more compassionate ask them like hey is everything okay that's a great point Yeah. yeah and then another thing um more of like recognizing your emotions again me being in therapy my therapist gave me literally a list of like a hundred emotions and i was like I didn't know there was so many many existed. Yeah, and it was cool because there was one thing that said like, okay, like angry. Mm -hmm. And then the more I looked into it, I was like, okay, that could mean frustrated. You could be angry, sad. You could be upset. You could be disappointed. There's so many different things rather than just saying like, I'm angry. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, when you start diving deep of like why that made you angry, you realize like, okay, I was actually frustrated. So I'm frustrated. I could do this. So next time, if Mm -hmm. it happens again... I know how to deal with my emotions. Just basically correcting, yeah, yeah. certain patterns. And yeah, it's, that's a it's good hard. Point. <laughs> also, I it's feel hard because like, you have to dig a lot. <laughs> yeah, I feel like talking about things. It sounds nice until you're put in that scenario and you realize, like, okay, this is my time to actually like sit back and not react on all these emotions. That's a like, good point that you brought up. That it's hard because it is difficult. It is. It's yeah. much easier to repress, mm-hmm. which is like I said, maybe why our parents I think repressed a lot because they could not probably handle things emotionally but repressing it just leads to even physically your body will respond at one point like you will have ptsd or something you Mm -hmm. will respond physically if you don't deal with the emotion in that moment you're only making it worse 
and the healing process like longer on yourself. And it's sad that it turns into physical. Mm -hmm. Um, Even with anxiety, it could be more mental, but then it ends up being panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people also, I think in our generation, we're more aware of like anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. But I know the older generation, like I have someone in the family who is technically having a panic attack. Mm -hmm. They don't know that. They Mm -hmm. think... Oh my god! I think I'm having a heart attack. The, my they heart feel is the racing. Physical yeah, symptoms. they're feeling all these physical symptoms, thinking like something physical is wrong with me. And it's like, no, that's actually like anxiety, and it's coming from your like clearly something happened, either trauma or something in their past happened. You're not dealing with it, mm-hmm. so now you're anxious, and now it's going to be a panic attack, or you're going to yeah. get sick from something. So it's seeing the long term effects is really sad, and I I hope that we start kind of ending that yeah it's kind of crazy like how powerful the mind is yeah like it really does all start from the mind and also i like how you mentioned can be feeling multiple emotions at once because i think we're like so multifaceted as human beings but like we don't recognize that we kind of put ourselves in a box Mm -hmm. and then we don't know how to cope with what our mind is feeling and then like you said it turns out into physical side effects so one quote that i kind of want to read that i found that i think just really sums up this episode really well Mm -hmm. between stimulus and response there is a space and in that space lies our freedom and our power to choose our response in that response that we choose lies our growth and freedom so yeah i think that's just a really great way to wrap up the episode because knowing that that development can take place emotionally in all of us and all Mm -hmm. you have to do is just begin that journey and kind of it's baby steps yeah Mm -hmm. put in the hard work but it's so worth it in the end it is worth it well well with that being said we're again so thankful that you listened to us and if you like today's episode please share it subscribe to our apple podcast spotify we're on youtube all of that is in the link tree and our instagram yeah we'll see you back next tuesday